Let's do it real quick. Uh, Keith Gordon, uh, I give him a 10. <laughs> oh, man, I got to grab my notes. Are we going to do combat? We're doing combat again, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the order, right? Well, my name's Jason. My name is Jules. And we, we do in filmographies. We're rocking Keith. Yeah. Keith again. Hey, y'all. Hey, Keith Gordon. Hey, y'all. You might expect that he's looking to really knock it out of the park now. He's had a couple of clunkies. He's been He's been slowly climbing up the ladder. I mean, he's led a couple of projects before this, but this one clearly is the one that's intended to put him on the map. Right. Hey, he was boring him back to school. Mm -hmm. We wanted him to be a fun, funny character. That's what you're looking for. Right. Well, almost a Rodney Dangerfield in and of himself. Right. Well, what if he brought that thunder and that lightning to 1986's Combat Academy, a TV movie on NBC? NBC, yeah. Um, Young George Clooney. Yeah, and... To your credit, um, it has been referred to as Combat High as well. He says Combat High within the movie. I think that's probably why they were going with that. I think they changed it for Police Academy. Right, because the guy who wrote it co-wrote Police Academy 2, I think. Oh, really? Did he? And Academy was just, like, soaring at the time. So they were like, all right, let's let's do that. Do you want to... Will you do the synopses this time? My phone's charging up stars. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Military Academy officers try to crack down on two jokers, Keith Gordon and Wally Ward, sent to their school for a year. Wallace Lamb, that's referred to as Wally Ward back then. Apparently, that is a tight synopsis. Just one sentence. Wallace Langham from The Larry Sanders Show. Yeah. 89 episodes of that. Yeah. You know, he's one of those guys, I look at him and I'm like, oh yeah. And then yeah, I look at his been, filmography and I'm like, free. I mean, I've seen some of these things, but... He's not, I think, the guy that I think maybe he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, like, I never watched the Larry Sanders. I watched a little bit of it, but I wasn't, like, all about it. Veronica's Closet I watched. I don't remember him on there. My mom's like her show. assistant. I saw some episodes of that because if it was on the TV and there was nothing else, I wouldn't watch it. Mm-hmm. It's a bad show, and I do, I've never liked Christy Alley. Christy Apparently, he was also on the, um... 2001 show what about joan which was the joan cusack show oh man how long did that go one season probably yeah he was on uh that movie michael two seasons kyle chandler apparently was also on there michael the the angel jeff garland as well yeah travolta angel Mm -hmm. isn't he like a a rock and roll an angel or something Mm, i don't think i think he does some dances the picture for this i don't know if i've ever noticed this it's it's him smiling like in his john travolta yeah and then there's like a little tiny dog. Well, I guess that dog's a big part of the movie. But why is he so t- It's not the same. It'd be one thing if he was in the picture with John Travolta. They're probably like, this dog's really getting some heat. Is he in his hand? No, he's like tiny, superimposed in the corner, as if John Travolta were like Godzilla. Well, okay, I'll tell you what happened there. They made the poster, Mm-mm. and they're like, this poster's perfect. And then they're like, listen, I think this, I think this dog is really going to sell the movie. Put that dog on the poster. He's a big part of the movie. And they just slapped him on there. Oh, Wally Ward was also in Soul Man, American classic, handling the tough topic of race relations. He was also in WIOU, the TV show that Keith Gordon did a couple episodes of, and we cannot get. Apparently, he's in the original Fast Times at Ridgemont High as well. Not the TV show. No, the the movie itself. But yeah, so God, this movie, this this 
movie. I guess it's a movie. It has a number of people on it. It's got John Ratzenberger. It does. Who was, um, what's his name on Cheers? Carl? Cliff Clavin. Cliff Clavin. Dana Hill, uh, who turns out to be the surprise uh, love interest. I didn't see that coming. Robert Colt, who was notorious for TV at the time. He was all over uh, Columbo. Is that Clooney's dad? Yeah. Elia Baskin, who would go on to be the, the funny uh, Russian landlord in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Yeah. I like him. Danny Nucci, who's... I don't, what is he supposed to be? Who is Danny Nucci in this? He's like the the foreign kid. Oh, yeah. He's, but he's like... He sounds kind of Russian, but I think he's supposed to maybe be South American. Yeah. It's very confusing. Jamie Farr. Of course, Richard Mall. Who they really one of the two laughs in the movie. They really let him run wild in this. He's all right in this. That when oh god damn it, what is it? Somebody somebody coughs in the middle of his terrible lecture. Like who was coughing? Raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. That, that was like one of the the one the two laughs. A lot of it was real tired. He must. I, I guess this was this is like a year or two after Night Court hits. So they were probably like, this guy's going to be the next Kramer. I think even though there wasn't a Kramer. I think most of these are just. NBC people. That, They're just dealing yeah. with NBC people. Night Court was on NBC. Right. I don't necessarily know. I, I don't know if Night Court was popular right away. A lot of those shows weren't. They were. They slowly grew. They just kept them on the air. Yeah. Then also uh, a very young George Clooney, who, let me see here. According to my notes, I think he, at one point early in the movie, looked like a young Ray Liotta. Oh, really? And I, then man. later in the movie, I thought he looked like Oscar Isaac. Okay, he did look a little different at different points in the movie. He not as good looking when he's younger. I feel no. like he looked like ten people I went to college with that you would never blink at. And also, it's hard because I watched this on YouTube, and and usually the compression rate pitches up voices. So I don't know if it was like because of the version I watched. He had a really grating nasally voice. You will speak when spoken to, private. I mean, they're young, too. True. I don't know if you ever listen to podcasts and, like, listen to one, and then 15 years later... True that? Listen to another, and, man, their voices change a lot. I also didn't think he was actually going to be in the movie that much. No, he's a, he's in it quite a bit. And I'm going to throw this out there. You he's like the best in the movie. Oh. He's... I like the movie. Mm-hmm. I did not like the movie. <laughs> Clooney's, Clooney's good. Yeah. Clooney is always... He takes it seriously, man. He's like, he's doing that character. Yeah, this is the the problem with a movie like this is that everybody else is kind of grounded in a reality. And then Keith Gordon's over there doing his Richard Nixon and his Bugs Bunny. He's like, I'm Elmer Fudd, but I'm the Waskly Wabbit? Man, yeah. He's he's not good. This movie blows my fucking mind, man. (laughs) I swear to God, when I was watching this, I was like... This had to have been filmed like five years before it came out and it was shelved because it just, it's, it's probably just the quality of the production, uh, the film grade or whatever, but, uh, it just does not look good. No. And I mean, listen, you can, here's your barometer for telling how long ago it was filmed and if it was before his other movies, his hairline, he is playing a high school student. And he looks like he's in his 30s. Yeah. He's losing so much of his hair. It's fucking crazy. And, and like the weird, it's the weird, not that there's anything wrong with male pattern baldness. Right. Because okay? I'm losing my hair. Sure. But it's that weird thing where he's got like the mullet, the Jerry Seinfeld mullet, and that huge wall of fucking hair in the back. And he looks 100% better when they cut it short. I kind of thought like, should the hair be shorter? Yeah, you would think it would be shorter from the you know? school. 
I guess the ladies have ponytails, so maybe they're just like, keep a little bit. This, this very much felt like the answer to the movie Stripes. Sure. You know, it's like, hey, Stripes is popular. Let's do that on TV budget. I mean, but yeah, I suppose basically. It's just, it's your typical 80s, like, anarchic, I don't play by the rules, I'm a bad boy type mm-hmm. kid. Like Ferris Bueller. Right. Right? Yeah. Ferris Bueller is not a monster. He's a righteous dude. Like, well, Keith Gordon isn't. Because the, the thing about Keith Gordon in this movie, and, and I'm sure we'll get into it as we progress but the one thing i wanted to highlight is he's the kind of character who just because he needs it in that moment pulls out a bumper sticker twice (laughs) that are both have a slogan on them that very much fit the specific instance that he's he needs a bumper sticker that says i drive like a jerk he just pulls it out it's almost like peewee herman right he doesn't it's like his jacket is a a portal got some harry potter spells so the movie starts with well, first off, it's the only song in the movie that's the actual song. A Twisted Sisters, Be Cruel to Your School. Is they saying Be Cruel? That was Be Cool. And they spell it C-H-R-U-E-L, and then school is just S-C-O-O-L. Like, they take the first chunk of each word and swap. It's stupid. This is this starts with the pranks, right? Yeah, it's just prank after fucking prank. Oh, my God. Two guys. They are they they go in there at night, right? Presumably. And you see the list of of pranks as they cross them off, like even though they don't always seem to coincide with what's happening. Did it just say pig on there? I think it does. Yeah, it's so that yeah they're doing shit. They're like room two thirteen is now room two thirty four. And uh, the men's room and the women's room they switch them, but they save that for actually during the school day, right? So that they can let uh, women go into the women's room and then switch to men's real quick, so the guy gets yelled at. And I think the principal's office also says women, okay, on the door. The principal involves the second laugh, yeah, from the movie, yeah. <laughs> what else do they do? Okay, well here's the thing. Now Jenny's first note is these boys are stupid. Yep, that's correct. My first note is. These pranks are unsafe. Yeah. Lockers are exploding. My first note is hijinks. The school is on fire. Yes. And these idiots are standing at the end of the hallway laughing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith has sunglasses on like the coolest guy in town. He's got on a, a sports coat with rolled up sleeves. Yep, yep. That's how you know he's... T-shirt underneath, right? Of course. Oh, man. Of course. And so, yeah, they wire up some shit. Lockers are exploding. There's, I think, a goat... No, the goats later. There's a, a pig the pig comes in. It's a whole family of pigs are in there, they said. Apparently. So there's one there's actually one point where fireworks are going off in like a stairwell, and there's a girl and a guy and they're trying to avoid it. And she's wearing knee pads. But then it cuts to outside the school when everybody's rushing out and she's no longer wearing knee pads. No, I thought maybe she was gonna fall or something. Oh, I thought maybe she was on the volleyball team. No, it was just a, a precautionary requirement, I'm assuming. That while these pyrotechnics were going off, she needed to have on protective gear. And then somehow lost her knee pads by the time she leaves the school. It's so clumsy. Those pranks were bad. They were. And so then the principal, the sea of people sort of disperses into a funnel between the principal looking down the hall. And we see. At Keith and Wally. Well, so their names are uh, Maxwell Mendelssohn and... Percival Barnett, of all things. It's Mendelssohn and Barnett for the rest of the movie. Uh, Max and Perry um, as well. That's what they call each other. So the principal's like, you guys, come on. I know it was you. And denial. 
Yeah. Keith denies. Yep, they go into the office. Keith sits down. I didn't tell you you can sit down. Are you sure? Wait, well, you made some kind of reclining request. You know, he's just a rule breaker. Right. And did, they got suspended, right? Right. Does he go to get something out of his desk? What's he getting out of his desk? Gosh, I don't remember. What's in the desk? The desk. This is the... This is, I laugh really hard <laughs> when he, he goes to get something out of his desk and pulls open the drawer and a, uh, a pigeon comes out. Oh, sure. That <laughs> was so funny. Yeah. I didn't expect it. I yeah. didn't expect it. That's, that's one of two laughs we'll get out of me. And so then they end up wandering the streets. Oh, man. They see some guys doing some road work. And so they're like, let's do the road work prank. Yep. And they have the stuff. Yeah. They <laughs> they got high-vis jackets. Yep. Clipboards. Even though they're teenage kids. Yeah. Presumably. Uh, they sure don't look teenage. They roll up and they're like, we're the foreman or something. You're on the wrong side of the street. And he's so, really giving them the business until they're like, ah, we're on the wrong side of the street. Yeah. What side do you think you're on? The north side? Well, then how come? And so they, they start jackhammering and, and, and then they stand there and watch. They, they hang out. They hang out and then the police come. A pipe bursts. People are angry. Yep. And these fucking dummies are just there. And oh, they're in uh, real trouble. They go to the clink. And do they not tell them for the judge, this is our 238th infraction or something like that? Mm -hmm. It's an insane amount of things. I said, okay, so Keith's like 25 or 26 in this. Uh, Wally Ward, Wallace Langham is like 20. Okay. Clooney's about 25 too, I think. Also. Oh, is that right? I think so. Okay. Um, well, because this, this is where we actually maybe he's 20 first meet Clooney. Okay. They're walking the streets on what's clearly like a sitcom neighborhood set. Yeah. Right? And the truck almost hits them. They're in the army truck. And what the hell? You Nazis? And Clooney's... The other guy's pop, popping off about to give Keith what for. Clooney's like, man, just chill out. We'll go in the car and we'll leave. And then he breaks out the first of two bumper stickers and says, I am I drive like a jerk or something. They do the hijinks. They get busted. And then they land in jail. And they go before a judge. Sherman Helmsley. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. he was in there. Me too. Me too. That's when we also first see Cliff, who is Wally's dad. Yep. And and I thought Keith's mom uh, seemed like she could be his sister. She was not much older than Keith Gordon. Well, I bet you she would just be delighted to hear you say that. I'm sure. I'm sure she would if she were alive. Is she dead? I don't know. Probably. So the interesting thing with the judge is, so he's like, um, you guys are got a rap sheet. And he says these exact words. This kind of behavior cannot go without some type of retribution, Mr. Mendelssohn. <laughs> Which seems like an odd way to dole out punishment in, in the American legal justice system. Retribution. So he's like, hey, we got this school. It's a military academy. You kids are going to go for the rest of the year. What, what, what real consequences? Are you crazy? Yep. And Keith's, oh, dad. And, and his dad's incorrigible. This shit with his dad is unbelievable. Anytime Keith does anything, <laughs> he he nailed my my sleeve to the tablecloth. Barbara, do you believe this kid of ours? But you going? Yeah, he says. Um, so uh, they report for duty. Um, this is when we first meet Dana Hill. It, it's a co-ed academy. Yeah. As it turns out. And immediately when they're saying their goodbyes to their family, Keith goes sort of out of camera and then pops back up with a, a Nixon mask on the back of his head, turns around, and they ADR some Nixon jokes, uh, which are timely. They, you know, 19, 1986, people were... Yeah. A kid who wouldn't even have been born. <laughs> Nixon administration. 
uh, knows all about it. And of course, Dana Hill, she's from like the National Lampoon vacation movies. She plays the daughter. And we also meet uh, Jamie Farr from MASH. Yeah. He's a level-headed kind of guy. Can we talk about Wally Ward's character? Because we didn't touch on his stammer, which is... Stutter. Do they call it a stutter? Mm -hmm. Stammer? Does they, did they say stammer? Oh, I don't know. I, I think he said stutter. Stammer. Okay. He does not seem like a troublemaker. He seems like he is just along for the ride with Keith, and I do not know why he keeps hanging out with him. He's such bad news for him. It's odd. Yeah, because even after they get busted and sent there, he's like rolling with them. Yeah, he, he laughs at his antics. They do a number of antics. They don't seem like any of them are his ideas. No, absolutely not. And Keith doesn't seem like the kind of person that... He seems like the kind of kid at school that, that nobody would like. Yeah. I right? think that while watching this movie, I hated his character right. every time he talked or did something. I never did mention this is this is a movie I saw half of as a child. Oh, is that right? That's, it was great. never heard of this movie. Oh, man, I watched it on USA, and I thought it was fantastic. And the power cut out. And I, I'm thinking maybe I somehow saw the other half at some point. This seems very much like something that I would have seen. And loved at like between Absolutely. 7 and 11 maybe. Absolutely. That's the thing. This is definitely made for children. Yeah. In a way. In an odd way. Not all the way. And we also meet Robert Culp, who's the dean, I guess. I don't, I don't know. He's, he seems to be like a real military guy. So then Keith and him... I mean, they're not doing anything that they're supposed to. No. Right. At Immediately, one point, there's, there's this place. This place is your consequence. Yep. You're scared. This place is going to dish out consequences, and they don't seem to care. Yeah, and like the headmaster, he's not like a jerk. He's just... I mean, follow the rules. Strict. I mean, really, that's how it is everywhere. I mean, at, the military at, academy, is yeah. like, you really have to. And, and, and at one point, when they are first meeting the guy, Keith Gordon pulls a gun out. Yeah. Right. He points a gun at this man and he's like, why isn't this guy cool? <laughs> God damn it. And so then it's funny because they're like, at one point there was a bit where I don't remember the, the, what that was actually happening, but Wally and Keith are falling into line or whatever they call it. And they're like, Oh man, get a look at these pieces of work. And they show a real extreme close up of one kid. He's got glasses. And then they show an extreme close up of another kid's face and he's Asian. Yeah. It's like, are they pieces of work because they wear glasses and one's Asian? What are we? They're losers? What are we? Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, Wally's wearing glasses and they are both obviously losers. So I don't yeah. know why they're picking on these boys. We do hear mention of a thief on campus. Yeah. Briefly. They touch on that real quick there. Real quick. Exactly. Something's missing. We got a thief or something. Arr. We also learn at this point that Dana Hill's character loves the jerk. So Looney's partner kind of. Yeah, and they're showing him to the room. So like Keith Gordon, you're you're in here, and it's George Clooney. Mm -hmm. And and then they go, Hey Wally, you're in with this guy, and it's the jerk from earlier. That almost hit him with the car and then was gonna beat him up for yep. mouth. And he's like <laughs> There is a God. And he's actually, there's an odd air of sexual aggression when they're in the hallway and they're like, get down and give me 20 because you're not obeying us. And he's like, I'm not doing it. And he just starts grabbing him and shaking him around mm. and puts him on the ground. He's like humping him almost. It's like, oh boy, is this turning into sleepers? What's just, going on here? Maybe they're just boiling with rage. Yeah. Know. Sexual rage. How dare you not fall in line? This is the fall in line place. Mm -hmm. So then we meet Bull. Uh, Richard Mull, he's the 
science teacher, so. right? Chemistry, because they're talking about periodic table of elements. Yeah, that's his big coffee coffee. And and they really take the leash off him yeah. in this scene, and to little effect. And he's not fully bald. No, he's got the the side hair. You might know Richard Mole from being Bull on Night Court. Yeah, he's bull bald. And oddly enough, I like his character in this movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like. If I went to that school, I'd, I'd probably be smoking a joint, hanging out with whatever his name is. Yeah, I don't know. What's his deal? Is he is he stupid? Is he weird? Does he have a disability? Has his brain hemorrhaged and he's yeah. died? I think they would have mentioned, like, oh, he was shell-shocked from Vietnam. Oh, sure. No, they don't really tell you what it is. Because at first, he just seems weird. But then there were moments where he's really a Kramer. He's showing up for no reason, he's saying things that are weird. His kids also fucking weird. Yeah, they're like full, full stupid. That scene goes on for a while. I think Wally had met the lady at this point that he likes. Yeah. Uh, who was from that movie, uh, Can't Buy Me Love. Oh, really? Yeah. Is she the, the lady? Yeah, she is. Oh. Uh, what is her name? I forget. I loved Can't Buy Me Love. We also... Oh, you know what I thought when I was watching this? Robert Culp looks like Johnny Knoxville now. Oh. 50-year-old Johnny Knoxville. Sure. Hair and strong jaw. Yep. Yep. Uh, her name is... The character's name is Mary Beth. Okay. I forget what her actual name is. Fish. Her picture, when you do the Google search, it's not a headshot or anything. <laughs> it's like she's just like, yo. Like she's a car mechanic or something now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Man, to, speaking of Camp Find Me Love, yep. man, I was, I was fully in on the Patrick Dempsey train. I watched the fuck out of those Patrick Dempsey yeah. movies. It was a Camp Find Me Love... Lover boy. Yep. He did run right after his his um, his teen idol nerd handsome boy thing was over, hmm. and then he started doing not good movies. He made Run, which I what is that? Think I even bought it on is that with VHS. Scott Wolf previously viewed. I don't have a clue. He something bad happens and he's on the run from the bad guys. It's called Run. Apt. Yeah, that's a good name for a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm familiar with it, but it's just not conjuring. I don't know that anybody is. I think this is one of those barely released in theaters. Shows up at the video store, nobody rents it, but oh me. Yeah. We also meet Danny Nucci. No, no. There's a bit before that. I mean he's around, but he doesn't have a speaking role until a little bit later on. So we meet Mary Beth. Homeboy meets her for some reason. He bumps into her mm-hmm. when they're marching. Keith pushes him. Wally. He bumps into this girl and she's like, oh, hey. So then for some reason, he comes sneaking in through the window of Richard Mole's class. Yeah. Like, I'm late. Can I sneak in through the window? <laughs> the doors are locked, maybe. I guess. I guess that's the one teacher who might not notice. I also noticed that there's a scene where they show everybody marching and they can't march for shit. Yeah. None of these. These are just extras you know they didn't even because it was filmed at an actual military academy i believe you think they would have just hired some of those kids i wonder how much it costs to make a movie like this back then even now adjusted for inflation more than you could imagine probably i wonder what keith was thinking what i mean what is he thinking is this like i gotta act i gotta pay the bills i actually that is what i would really like to ask him do you think it maybe they originally signed on thinking it was going to be a bigger production and then they were just like NBC's just going to make it. I wonder if he was, yeah, just trying to, like, pay his rent. Like, I'm an actor. I need to keep the money coming in. Yeah. I'll be in whatever. And then once he's in them, he's like, these movies are terrible. Yeah, I don't know. It must have been real weird for him coming out swinging with some bigger projects. And then now he's doing the shitty movies. Normally, this should be flaw flipped around, right? You do a bunch of shitty movies in the beginning and then yeah. get our streak. 
Instead, you get a bunch of hotties from Keith, and then uh, he drops you off in Turd City towards the end. I would be really interested to see what, what avenues were open to him. Coming off of Christine, you know, was he looking at a Scream Queen career? And he was like, I don't want to do that. Lands in Billie Jean, and they're trying to, like, make him, like, a, a hunk. And he's like, I don't want to do that. I mean, was it never any heat? Did he just keep having to audition for things? Like, nobody's offering him anything? These are some real good questions. Yeah, I mean, we we know why he was why he ended up in a movie like I Love Trouble. But even then, I'm thinking, how did he get this? Did he have to audition? Did he know somebody who Ryan was like yeah well i think he's within the business then he's he's making things you think they were just like casting calls yeah maybe he knew somebody on the production already and they're like yeah we're just going in these extra spots mm-hmm. these, these small roles maybe i mean it seems like he could have just walked on set or just yeah <laughs> here's, a, here's a script i want you man to. i don't think you could sneak up on nolte i think nolte yeah. flipped the fuck out if a stranger walked up to him probably yeah. so then they're doing pranks again there's something to do with a goat, I think, in the office. Mm-hmm. They put like a really big brontosaurus, uh, paper, papier mache. Right in front of a building. Yeah. They Ooh, like, good one. They put the cannon outside of his office. Um, they keep enlarging his turtle, which I, I thought uh, actually was kind of, if that would have been a little bit more subtle, maybe that would have worked a little bit better. And for some reason, they put cayenne in his pipe. And I'm thinking, is it just because it's going to taste bad because you're burning something non tobacco? It would hurt you a lot. It's, you think it burns the lungs? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anything kind of way. If you put mint in there, it would. Yeah, but cayenne pepper specifically? That would fucking rock your shit hard. Well, actually, I saw somebody smoke a Carolina Reaper on the internet, man. That was pretty, pretty awful. They were really in bad shape. (gasps) This movie is almost like a parody of like a cool guy high school movie. Yeah, and and so during this whole montage they're playing a terrible rendition of Burning Down the House. Apparently they can get the rights to the song, but not the actual version of the song from Talking Heads. So they get some dumb band to do it. Was it not them? No, it wasn't. And later in the movie there's a Madonna song that is also not Madonna. Man, I, I mean, I could tell immediately, but in the credits, they actually do highlight who um, sang those songs. And he's, again, the headmaster, he's not a bad guy. No. He's taking this all in stride, and he's like, look, man, they sent you here. There's nowhere for you to go from here. You're stuck here. So you might as well just fucking be cool about it. And he levels with them. Yeah. He could have taken them out back, beaten them. He could have made them, you know, clean his latrine. Any number of bad things could have come from this, and he's just chill about it. Mm-hmm. And Clooney's kind of chill about it, too. Yeah, Clooney's not a bad... So we're not seeing much of him at, at this point. I don't think we'd yet seen him steal. That coming up no, at some think, point. Do we not know that's his dad, either? His dad is the... It's very unclear. So then Danny Nucci starts talking a little bit. He's the foreign kid. He's from The Rock. And, um, is that what he says? Is that from The Rock? Yeah, you don't know this yet, but your kids are gonna love it. Um, oh, he's from the movie they <laughs> later in life. He's also in an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie called Eraser, which I kind of like. No, oh, he actually is. What? Yeah, that actor. Oh, in real, I thought you were like making no, Danny Nucci. He goes on to be an actor in addition to acting in this movie. Well, how about that? And he's just of unknown foreign origin. I thought you were just telling me he was saying it weird that he was from iraq oh no wouldn't that be something though yeah i'm from i'm from the rock so yes george clooney throws him in the pool because he's like you're gonna learn how to swim wherever you're from and i'm like oh my god keith gordon pool are we due for a triple lindy 
Oh, God. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going. Yeah, I guess so. He triple Lindy's right into the pool. Yeah, and so he saves the kid. And Clooney's like, don't save him. Let him drown. And he's like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, go fuck. It's like the only real honest Keith moment at this point in the movie. Yeah. And George is like, get out of the pool, Mendelssohn. And the, the jerks there go to him on and everybody's watching, you know. And he's like, I'm not getting out of the pool. You come in if you want. So he's like, you're going to take that, George Clooney? And I also was wondering, you think George Clooney and Keith Gordon kept in touch? I would love to know that. I don't think so. No, wouldn't that be great, though? They, I mean, they're just sipping, until George sipping Clooney some, succeeds. Sipping some Casa de Amigos. Yeah. and uh, How many of these people does he hang out with? Riding motorcycles through Brazil. I don't know. Probably not. Maybe. Probably only Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt? Yeah. They know each other? Are you talking about Clooney or you're talking about Clooney? I'm talking about Gordon. Gordon? I, I don't know, man. They hang out with Wallace Langham. He's their friend. In his pictures, in his current contemporary pictures, he looks very menacing. But in interviews, he looks... Yeah, that picture where he's just, like, against a brick wall. Shifty, maybe, not menacing. He seems chill. Seems like an alright guy. You know, he doesn't seem like a douche or, or a jerk about it. No, not at all. Every time anybody interviews him, he's always, like, ready to give people the exact same fucking answers he's given a mm-hmm. hundred times before, but he'll do it again, because, yeah. you know, he's nice. Fuck it, yeah. you know? So then, uh, George Clooney is like, alright, me if you're not gonna come out of the pool... <laughs> if you're not gonna come out of the pool to face me now, meet me at six o'clock in the morning tomorrow. And we're going to fight. Kiss. Oh, yeah. There, there will be some kissing afterwards, but yeah. initially he wants to bloody them lips up because he likes um, fuller lips. So they're out in the yard. There's a circle forming, as fights often do. And Keith comes out in a robe like it's a boxing match. Mm-hmm. Robert Culp and, and Jamie Farr off in the distance like, hey, Jamie's like, hey, we should break this up. Robert Culp's like, no. This kid needs his ass beat. It's so true, dude. Somebody really needs to beat the shit out of Keith Gordon to make him not Yeah. Gordon. So he's doing a whole Rocky Balboa. You're the disease and the cure. He making uh, George Clooney want to punch him more. Well, and and he's like, he's a good flipper, Keith Gordon. He's doing some flips. Yeah. That I'm sure is not a body double. Yeah. 100% sure. There, I'm sorry. There was a moment between the pool and this where Dana Hill is moping around outside and she puts her face in the cannon out of curiosity, I guess. And Keith Gordon comes up like, yo, girl, what you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm just pining for that jerk. And Keith's like, you deserve better. Yeah, it's so weird. You you deserve me. Yeah, yeah it <laughs> looks like he's going to help her. Like he's trying to help her. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to help myself to you. It's one of those moments where you think, like, for whatever reason, he's actually identifying with the character other than himself. And, yeah, there's, like, a mutual sort of friendship forming. He's interested in that booty. Yeah, he's trying to get them tits. He likes them thick you girls. So they're fighting... I mean, not really. He's just flipping around. Clooney finally just gut punches him. Because he's, like, baiting him. He's like, we don't need to fight. This is all nonsense. Have you had enough, George Clooney? Like, yeah, he gut punches him. And Keith folds like a cheap pair of cards. What is the line? Cheap? They fold like a bad hand? Fold like a cheap suit. I don't know. He's he's doubles over. And everybody starts booing George Clooney. How dare you? punch him in this fight i don't see keith hanging out with anybody it doesn't seem like anybody else likes him no they'd be booing him apparently this is just a gymnastic competition and not a real fight talk shit get hit we'll say that and so george you know storms off he's like call this right hey keith don't start no won't be none and his friend's like why aren't you finishing i mean the guy's on the ground and he's done 
it's finished. What do you want me to go over and like keep wailing on should it? I, should I stomp his head until it breaks? I mean, clearly that's what he should have done as Keith had it coming. But <laughs> somewhere around here, I have a note that says Keith Gordon is like a human Bart Simpson. Yeah, absolutely. They boo Biff, which is George Clooney's character's name, uh, which I thought he was just calling them Biff as like a thing. But I guess that's his actual name. It's a real name, fellow. We are introduced to the late in the movie plot that's going to carry the rest of the movie. Yes. We're in the end game now. The Russians are coming. They're coming. And they're going to have war games. This is the, uh, finally a plot. Yep. So they go to meet the Russians. They're, of course, very Russian-y. And there is a point we skipped over where Keith and Wally are in this shit again. And Wally's just like, dude, I'm just going to fucking go with this. What are we doing? Hey, Wally, great point. Right? Because they're running in the circle with their guns again because of Keith. And Keith's like, what, bro? You're going to be one of them? You're going to buck the system, dude. You're a shitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and Wally's like, bro, man, what is the point? Is he He's after that girl now? He is. That's not the main crux of his intentions. No. It's, it's really just like, this place isn't that bad, right? That place is better than watching this movie. And quite honestly, it probably costs everybody else that's there an arm and a leg to be there. This is a private yeah. military academy. Yeah, they got their punishment. You know, Sherman Helmsley's sending people there. Them only, apparently. Some of those people are paying thousands of dollars yeah. to whip their kids into shape and become the future fighters of America. So they have a, a, a rift. They break apart. Keith goes his own way. Wally starts shaping up. He's trying to date that girl. When does she break her leg? Right around this point. They're like, okay, we're going to mock, mock fighting for the war games. She doesn't break her leg. She just gets a little bit of a sprain. Yeah. They're running up a hill and she tumbles down. And Wally's like, are you all right? And the dick guy, he's like, hey, fall in the line, cadet. And he's like, dude, she's injured. Fuck that. And so he picks her up and carries her off like uh, Kevin Costner. Uh, uh, Mr. Brooks. Exactly. Right. The best part about that is when she comes out of the hospital. Yeah, the infirmary. The infirmary. On the crutches. Mm-hmm. He's there. And, no, and they still, she has her rifle with her. Yeah. She has to use crutches and have a rifle. Will you guys work at it, like, have somebody else bring that back to her room? The, at, yeah, you think they dole, though, they give those rifles out for the war game practice. Yeah. I want to come with her. And then collect them. So did she pick that? Up I, while he was carrying. It's silly. And then she's like, Oh, you waited for me? And he's like, Yeah, you're like actually good looking. And some girls judge me. Yeah. Is that not cool impression of it? Well, that's well, the line. His stutter is so is so fake. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess, yeah, he doesn't it's like he forgets stutter. to do it and then he does it. He remembers <laughs> <laughs> all the time. And 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 I mean she is an attractive young lady for nineteen eighty six. Yeah. Well. So she's like, oh, you waited for me. He's like, yeah, just don't feel sorry for me. Just don't do that. And we'll be cool. She's like, okay. <laughs> so time goes on and he becomes colonel. It's not, is that right? He's commander general. He's not a colonel, is he? What is it? I mean, <laughs> Google it. What, what rank was <laughs> Wally Ward in combat academy? I'm a corporal now. No, no, before that, right before that. He goes, hey, so we're going to be going to this dance. I'm a colonel now. <laughs> My last name is Sanders. That's why they sent me here. Corporal punishment. And she's like, I can't go to the dance with you. I have a boyfriend. What? Exactly. What are you talking about? Yep. And he goes, huh? I open my heart to you. She's like, yeah, I've been dating a guy this whole time. I didn't tell you about it, though. But he heard about the dance. 
So he's coming. And he's just like, all right, later. Yeah. Right? His feelings are hurt, though. Very much so. So then he's cleaning some vehicles. Yep. And because he volunteered. Yep. Gordon is cleaning some vehicles. Because he volunteered? No. Oh. Because he's a shitter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they're making him do that. Yeah. Okay. And they get into a thing. Oh, you need a big man now. And he's like, I mean, you know, we can maybe become adults at this point and forge the beginnings of what can be the next couple years of our lives. You look like adults. As we, yeah. Act like them. Right. And so then the dickhead comes up and he's like, hey, corporal, you outrank Gordon. Make him do push-ups. What? No. And yeah, I'm not going to abuse my position. Do it. Or, what is the threat? Do it or... Some dumb shit. And he starts doing the push-ups, and then they just walk away. And then he stops after seven. You know what I was thinking? At first, I was like, well, Keith should be all right with it because this guy's making him do it. Yeah. And then I was like, hey, Wally Ward, just don't tell him to do the push-ups. Yeah. You just take the consequences. I think maybe this doesn't matter. This is a fight for your soul. To right. Do it. Then we get to the dance, which I believe is called A Night in Russia. Are we? Oh, man. this is. I was like, wait, are we almost done with the movie? No. No, not even close, man. No, George Clooney's a thief. Yeah. And the Russians are there. We know Wally and Mary Beth are on the rocks. We know Dana Hill likes What's-His-Face, but Keith Gordon's been laying the groundwork to lay some pipe. He does approach Dana, and he's like, hey, you want to dance? Forget about that guy. You know, let's just dance. Let me grind on you. And they do the worst, most awkward dancing. I don't know if you noticed it. He's walking forward, and she's walking backwards. They're not dancing. They're just moving it's sweet i bet you know ladies like that yeah slow moving across the floor wally ward sees mary beth with her man and george clooney steals something from one of the russian watch bumps into him and just sleights of hand yeah you know and that guy knows immediately. immediately and so keith sees it he's like dana hill i gotta go i'll be back though she's like hi and so he goes after george and he's like yo man i saw you and then the Russians come up, and Robert Culp comes up, and they're like, what's, what's this brouhaha? And Keith's like, I stole it. Well, Clooney's holding it, so they think it's him. And right. Gordon swoops in and is like, no, it was me. He was taking it from me. I just love to steal. I'm a theft. <laughs> and so Clooney storms off. They're like, all right, Keith Gordon, more punishment or whatever. And I believe... Oh, there's another thing. There's, there is a, a guy there that we don't see that much of. Yeah, okay. Well, I actually, I have, a, I have some, I have a note about him on Jenny's page, and I was also wondering about this guy myself. He's, like, getting people things. Okay, but his introduction is, he's like, hey, what's what's Keith's last name again in this movie? Mendelssohn. Mendelssohn. Hey, Mendelssohn, I'm here to help you. I guess he just means he can get him contraband, but at right. that point, it seems like he's a spy. It has infiltrated the yes. school in yes. order to help him get out or succeed. Jenny said, why would there be someone at the academy to help them? Who sent that guy? He knew Gordon's name. It's a good question. And what does he get the Russian? Blue jeans. Is this right? Blue jeans. And bootleg Bill Cosby VHS. Oh, yeah. And he says something about Logan Cosby, doesn't mm-hmm. he? There's a moment where I think earlier, after the fight, it's not important, but George Clooney, they're cleaning rooms, inspections. And George Clooney's like, hey, Mendelssohn, clean my room, my side of the room. And he leaves the room, but he... Don't clean your secret box. Which he puts on the bed and whatever he just stole in it. So that's how he knew. So now Robert Culp's really ripping into Keith. It's it's not about to steal and he wants to be caught. So he comes in, he's like, Dad, Keith Gordon, 
Uh, and he's a shitter, but he's not a thief. <laughs> Here's my box of shit that I stole. The shitter, he's got a good heart. He's got a heart of poop. And so he's like, son, why the hell are you stealing? And he's like, when did you stop being my dad and start being my commanding officer? I just want you to love me, dad. Treat me like a shitter. Call me Biff. <laughs> right? You only call me Admiral or whatever. <laughs> and he storms out. But he, what is he? He strips him of his rank. You're not admiral anymore and so then clinton goes down to the gun range and uh, keith gordon walks right in front of his gun during the dance is also when they play that fake madonna song um, crazy for you which is a good song i feel it in your kiss i don't think i'm, I'm crazy for you i think it's from the desperately seeking susan soundtrack vision quest feeling really crazy i haven't taken my pills i'm gonna find out where you live you said you hadn't heard the song, dude. I know. I just it came back to me. Keith and Clooney have a little bit of a heart-to-heart. Yeah. And he's like, my dad's a shitter, too. This is the only point in the entire movie that Keith Gordon is good and shows you he knows how to act. His eyes are so electrifying, right? The light's catching it. Ah, boy. It's- Clooney's knocking it out of the fucking park, too. Yeah. This speech is the only, like... It's insane. It's a movie that like rings true and feels like anything. I don't know where Clooney was at this point in his career. What about Facts of Life? Is it- mm, that might have been after this. He's- this may have been what got him in the door. Okay. They're like trying to position him as a star, but it really does not work out until ER. No. And, and so, of course, Gordon's been doing it for oh, a decade now. Oh, Facts of Life started in 79. It ran nine seasons. It started in 1979, the Facts of Life? It ran for nine seasons, so 88. It's it's possible this would have been, because that's an NBC show. This may have gotten him in the door to Facts of Life, or Facts of Life got him in the door to this. I cannot handle it. That show started in 1979. It's insane. And did Who's the Boss start? <laughs> Are these all shows that started in the late 70s very early? Who's the boss started in 1984. But it's insane to think that, yeah, they're going toe-to-toe here, right? Keith's firing on all cylinders. Clooney's finally getting a moment. It's a very good scene. If this isn't wasn't on one of their reels, it, it should have been. Man, this is, yeah, this is, this was, it was impressive. It's like, all right, well, Keith is not completely tuned out. He just needed some meat to jump into. And also at the very beginning of the movie when his stupid dad is laughing, mm-hmm. I was like, what did I write down? He's a lunatic because it makes his dad laugh. And it is the reason he reveals it in this speech and just wants to make his dad laugh. And it's not apples to apples with what Clooney's going through. Right. Clooney's dad is like, and maybe he was hurting from the death of his wife. Yeah. He's got to raise his boy. He's a military guy. So he just funnels that into how he raises Clooney. But it's kind of cold, you know. Keith, I mean, he's just got a knucklehead idiot dad. Okay. That he likes to make an ass of himself for. Makes his dad happy. I'm sure if he would have done, like, carpentry, his dad would have been like, very good, son. Yeah. You know? But, but his dad's a fucking lunatic. My dad's living through me, man. All my gags. My mom's my sister. It's weird. Fuck. And, but they have a real heart-to-heart moment. And the next time we see Clooney, he comes back to the dorm and he's drunk. Wasted. And Keith helps him into bed. He takes off his shoes. It's real tender. Yeah. And Keith decides that this point in time i'm gonna shape up and i'm gonna help this guy get on the er i'm gonna make my dad's soul smile yeah and and he also makes up with wally perry is the character's name person but he's like keith i did it i was mocking him. that was i'm the bad guy. i i thought twice about what i did i took the this guy 
for you. This is worse. They'll hear this. Worse. Yeah, the uh, the audience is going to hear this, and they're going to say, "We understand where Gordon was coming from." Uh, Jason, uh, I forgot you, Jason, on here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm the bad guy. Yeah. I've done a number of things on this show that really tanking my reputation. They make up. He's like, "You don't even got to say it, man. I know it. You know, you're my boy." And I think also at this point, Mary Beth approaches uh homeboy and he's like she's like i dumped my boyfriend because i want to i love you i fucked up i love you bro and he's like i'm not stuttering now because i'm i'm a man <laughs> what a fucking bad message all right basically and so the war games are about to commence clooney's for all intents and purpose out of it so keith shows up to the the jerk guy and he's like hey i got secret plans i want to be a good guy now and he's like i knew it mendelson everybody comes around all right and so the the plans are a charade, apparently. Yeah. Because they get caught. Immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Uh, Dana Hill is with those guys, but she escapes. She's watching from a little ways away. She's watching from afar. Doing recon. Yeah, very much so. She's reconnoitering. Yeah. I can't believe you knew what recon stood for. Yeah. That's amazing. They say that in dialogue. Rivers, you begin your reconnoiter. What? It's not a real word, right? Reconnoitering? Yeah. Shut the fuck up. I, was t- I thought you were clever. Reconnaissance? Reconnoitering is doing reconnaissance, but reconnaissance is also doing reconnaissance, and then there's recon. If you went to a combat academy, you'd know. If you if you if if you if you know, then you know. We at this point realize that Keith Gordon is with, I guess, what's considered like the losers of the school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they didn't define that there's like forty of them, but that's apparently what it is. But wait, they got got a secret weapon. George Clooney. Yeah. He wakes up in the field. He's like, "What are y'all doing in my room?" You're not in the room, and he, and he goes, what is the outside doing in my room? Or what are the woods doing in my room or some dumb shit? The old man, the great old prank of we brought you outside while you were sleeping. We took the whole bed out there. Yeah, we carried you out here. You know, beds fit through doorways really well. Yep. You don't have to take them apart or anything. So they're like, listen, dude, uh, we're going to win this thing, and you're going to get all the credit. Wally's back with me. Mary Beth is with him. I'm, you know, grinding on Dana. Yeah. The end of the movie's in sight. George, we just need you to get it together. At this point, they go to Robert Culp and they on the radio, and they're like, "Hey, Clooney's in on this. We're gonna go win this bad boy." And he's like, oh. "And Jamie Farr is like, just chill out, Robert. Let's see what happens." He does an Elmer Fudd thing too. Crazy wedded. Hello, I'm Elmer Fudd. <laughs> so they ambush uh, the Ruskies and free the other guys. And even though they could win, they 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 don't. They say it's a tie. And the Russians are like, it can't be a tie. Somebody's got to win. And he's like, yeah, you come to my house, you're going to eat off my table. You know, you're going to like my sister, which I don't have, but I'm not going to let you date her. And then the guy's like, I want to come to house and eat off table and date your sister, which you do not have. And they presumably then return to Russia and they're all killed in a work camp. Yeah, you guys embarrassed us. <laughs> you are all sentenced to hard labor in Siberia. Yep. And... All's well that ends well. Clooney and Culp hug. Mm. It's a very tender moment. They graduate? Do they? Do they throw their caps or isn't it back to school? So Wally Ward's like, hey, I'm going to eat turkey with Mary Beth's family for Thanksgiving. Keats in his uh, uniform and he's like, I'm going to stay here because, I don't know, I hate my family or something. And he's like, I got all these pranks in this wooden box. I need you to burn it. They're good pranks, Keith. (laughs) And of course he throws it. He gives it to the groundskeeper, who just so coincidentally happens to be burning leaves. Nope. 
And the groundskeeper, without even looking inside, yep, put the box in the fire. Just throws it on the fire, and it's got fireworks in it. Bullets. Were they bullets? No. God. And I mean, that's it. Yeah. End of the movie. Movie sucks. The movie. It's very misguided. Keith Gordon is not um, a lovable rascal. He's awful. I. It's, I don't think. Is it his fault? This is a really big fucking. He's doing what I'm sure was on the page. Yeah. I mean, his his pranks are so juvenile and they're for no it's not even like he's pranking other students in the beginning it'd be one thing if he was pranking the school right but it's students trying to get in their lockers and the lockers start exploding so he's not even like trying to win anybody over he's just fucking everybody over surprise everybody madness there's some chuckles at the academy with the brontosaurus or whatever but again it's it's just to please a father who isn't even there this is like this is a, this, I mean, is this what all the TV movies were? They were just like, hey, put together some like themes that appeal to young people or older people and we'll whip it up as fast as possible. Cause the script feels like a skeleton. It doesn't mm-hmm. really feel like they put any real work in. It just seems like a very surface level version of bad boys get into trouble, go to military school where they cause more problems. It's like Ernest goes to camp. Yeah. You know, it's like we need to, pad for about 40 minutes so we'll just do hijinks and then we get I, to the point of the movie where this is what's going to drive the last 30 minutes is ernest goes to camp do you reckon that's any good i bet you the hijinks and that are a lot funnier. it's the same well because ernest p world is if nothing else is a, a lovable goof yeah <laughs> you know he's a shitter but not in any way that's offensive or a detriment to the movie you know you love ernest he just is a, an idiot Keith feels like he's going for it as best he can. It's irritating how devoted he is to this role. Yeah. It's crazy to watch somebody go all out and have them be obnoxious like that. It's crazy also that they thought he could pass as a high schooler. But Perry, he looks close enough. He's 20. He's very close to being Mary Beth. She's Dana Hill. I mean, she just looks young by nature. She's like a yearly Smith. Yeah. George Clooney, you know... He seems less of a student and more of like a a, a TA. Okay. Right. We never see any of them really in class other than Richard Mole's one class. Yeah. And when they were doing choir practice, so it's not hard to think that maybe Clooney just is there because his dad's there. He graduated and now he's just faculty. Yeah. But, but I don't think that. I don't think that. No. He's supposed to be eighteen. Yeah. Seventeen, probably. Oh. Ah, fuck, man. I was really excited to watch a TV movie, too. I mean, I specifically was very excited to watch Combat Academy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am just because, yeah, it's a, a time in life where I would have been a youth. Yeah. I, I probably would have discovered this movie a few years after it would have came out. Yeah, I would have been four when it came out. Yeah. Definitely. It was USA. Yeah, I was five. So, I mean, it would have. But it reminds me of movies like um, Midnight Madness, Monster Squad, to some extent. I mean, I was thinking about Summer School. Summer School. Like, that's... Better Off Dead. But it, it just doesn't... It's flat. There, There isn't... It's not clever. Nothing about it's clever. No. Because with those movies also, you get a booger. I think I froze the left half of my brain! You know, you get uh, Bobcat. and Dave or whatever in Summer School. Francis Grimm. Oh, don't recall me that. The name is Chainsaw. As in Black and Decker? As in Texas Massacre. Oh, yeah, that's in here. Those guys are very specific. The guy who goes to the bathroom and doesn't come back until the end of the movie. Yeah, that's You know, there's like time put into 
establishing jokes that pay off. Those are specific characters that they tried to draw a life into as opposed to this one, which is like tropes. We want, we want basic people everybody can identify with that have nothing special about them other than this wacky. It's like 30 year old men trying to come up with hip teenage pranks that are criminal in a lot of respects. That kid opens up a locker and gets a firecracker in the face, man. How about, how about you guys uh, do a little character work? And uh, Keith's character is, uh, like, really into watches. Mm-hmm. Maybe that ties into the, the watch thievery in there. Right. Something to give him a little bit of depth instead of Mr. Rad Rude Dog. I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of other, like, the bad boy t-shirts, like that, that era. Yeah. You know? And there is a moment where we see Jamie Farr notice Clooney steal, but, but that doesn't come up again you know it's unfortunate this movie's a real fart in a bag yeah it is boy god it was so hard to sit through you know i oh you know what i had we had to turn it off jenny and i were watching it we watched everything but 39 minutes and i was like this is a night ruiner it is ruining our night oh yeah finish it by yourself no we we watched the next uh 38 minutes the next night and it's okay. like dude this this is our chance to enjoy our evening and watch something fun. Yeah. And this movie sucks so much. It's it's ruining the night. Let's watch something better than this. I think we've covered Combat Academy probably more extensively than even anybody that reviewed it when it came out. Has anybody have talked about this movie since 1986? No idea, man. I wonder. No idea. You never know, man. There could already be like three or four podcasts. Could be. That have touched upon it. They could be... Gearing up to make this into a, a Netflix series. Yeah. Ten episodes. You know, Academy. Two, the first two were just the, the pranks. The beginning. Mm-hmm. Just, They're going to get George Clooney to be the Robert Culp part. He's going to be the dad now. I'm glad that he's doing good enough to not do that. <laughs> yeah. He really, um, he really had a career. Give me your points. Give me your, let's give me some, give me some scores for Combat Academy. Yeah. I'll, I'll give the movie a three. Yeah. This is what we ran into sometimes with, with Billy Crudo, where, you can't identify with the character, yeah. but Keats in it to win it. Yeah, I mean he's <laughs> for whatever reason. Okay, um, he's going for broke on this one. But I'm going to give his performance. Uh, I'm going to give it a five. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a bad performance. Yeah, but there's just very little to redeem him putting in the effort. Three is three is pretty legit, man. Yeah, you're going Although three. I would almost say you could almost give it a two because there's like nothing it is. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Oh, man. yeah. Okay, so three, and you gave him a five. Mm-hmm. He's so obnoxious. He is going for it. Is it the material's fault? I think mostly. He seems like he's having a good time, man. I wonder if he actually is though. Unless he's like getting something on the back end, and he's just like hey, rubbing his hands together, like yeah, Kitty, making that money. Man, I'll give him, I'll give him a six just to not copy you completely. Sure. I can't imagine he's having the greatest time though, considering that one scene between him and Clooney where he's actually fantastic, and mm. Clooney's fantastic. If you have that yeah. in you and you shine that hard at that moment in the movie, what does the rest of playing this character feel like? I don't know. I'm probably overthinking it. Well, that's Combat Academy. Oh, Combat Academy sucks. Uh, hey, do you want to give a podcast recommendation of something you listen to, Jules? Do you want to tell guys, girls, and the non-binary listeners what do you, what do you listen to? 
Uh, I subscribe to BigSandwich.co, mm-hmm. so I get access to uh, the Daily Planet podcast. So it's called it's a Weekly Planet. Oh, but they have a daily episode too. Oh, was it called the Weekly Planet? Weekly Planet? The Weekly Planet, Red Hot Comic Book, book movie, movie News, shooting up your butthole. The Weekly Planet. The Weekly. That is true. That is true. The Weekly Planet. Yeah, Daily Planet's the newspaper. Yeah. Are you talking about Mr. Sunday? Mr. Sunday. Yeah, Mr. Sunday. And uh, Saturday night? No, it's Mr. Sunday because Mr. Saturday night's Billy Crystal. Uh, what do I listen to? Man, I was, I was, uh, you know what? I, I really enjoy The Prosecutors, which is, it started during COVID. It's two actual prosecutors and they'll walk you through cases from like a prosecutor's point of view, hmm. like why the evidence doesn't add up, why people's popular theories are garbage. Like historical cases, or it could be like they did John Bonet. They did an eight, eight episode John wow. Bonet Ramsey one where it's like, come on, it was not her parents, it was not Burke. It's uh, we'll never know exactly who did it, but here's some things that sound relevant to what's mm-hmm. going on. Wasn't there like a contractor or something that was working on the house at the top? I think they found prints, but that was from like maybe a while ago. I don't know. There's so many weird shows. Sure. I don't really, maybe that was a little, a little while ago. I don't retain any information. Mm-hmm. But they, their cases are interesting. They come at it from a good angle. I find it fascinating, much like a lot of people out there. I've got the true crime bug real, real bad, mm-hmm. real bad. I like to hear about bad things and I like people to solve them. It makes me feel good when they solve them. Yeah. We'll see you next, next week, week with I Love Trouble, the Nick Nolte, Julia Roberts, Keith Gordon film. Mm-hmm. I think we touched on this before, but we're doing something a little bit different with Keith Gordon because he's only been in 12 acting roles. 12 that we can get our hands on. Right. And some TV stuff is, is in and amongst that. So instead of doing the 10 and then the names back in the hat and we draw it later because there just really isn't anything. Yeah. Why not wrap it up? There's only two more. Two We're just going to do the whole films. Thing. Yeah. And you know what? Hold on to your, hold on to your fucking hat. Hold on to your fucking hat. Hold it hard. Yeah. Gird your fucking loins. Here comes the wind and the stuff that you're girding your loins from. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a wrap up of his TV shows too. It's a bonus episode. We're not going to fuck with the movies. No, no, no. We'll, we'll get on to the next thing. Yep. But after, after movie 12, the final movie, you get a bonus episode of all the TV shows of his that we could find. We're going to talk about his episode of Dexter that he's in for three seconds. We're going to talk right. about the bridge, it's Miami just... Vice, the, the lost episodes after the show had been canceled. Keith Gordon just into the episode. And wait, Brooklyn Bridge. And I've been trying to get the guy who made Hogs Heaven to put that up on YouTube, but I don't think he checks his YouTube anymore. And no. He's got no other way to get in touch with him. So, yeah. There you go. Keith, are you listening? I'm sorry that sometimes we say mean things about you. We both really like you. I don't think he would. I do. Um, and I'm glad you made me do this. Yeah. Uh, cause I would have just vaguely remembered him as the guy from back to school, which I probably never would have watched again in my life. No. To even remember him. <laughs> I don't know. We're not harsh. I don't think he would necessarily disagree, at least with our interpretation of what's going on. Maybe the, we were completely wrong about his feelings during these movies, but I think it's on the screen. And Keith, if you want to do an episode, man, good luck. But. <laughs> You come in and do, <laughs> come fly to Minneapolis, St. Paul, stay in my house with my kids, mm-hmm. and we'll meet up with Jules and we'll watch every 
Vincent Gallo movie. <laughs> we have to record an episode of each one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit us up on Instagram at We Doing Filmographies. Mm-hmm. Hit us up on Twitter, Do Filmographies. Get over on YouTube. Yep. We Doing Filmographies on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Got that fucking Facebook rolling. Send us a fucking email mm-hmm. at We, we Doing, doing filmographies, filmographies at gmail.com. Right. We got a hotline. Oh, yeah. 763-634-1897. All right. Well, Good night. We Doing Filmographies is a part of the Now Playing Network. Visit nowplayingnetwork.net to listen to podcasts such as Movie Madness, Chicago film critic Eric Childress's Movie Review Podcast. You want to hear some reviews on some more recent movies? Eric Childress has got you covered. Visit nowplayingnetwork.net 